do that one more time for dramatic effect. <sighs> A disgruntled Tar Heel fan, aka, I'd rather not talk about it, but aka, I have a freaking ACC show to do, so I have to talk about it. So how was your weekend? Hope you're all doing well. Welcome to ACC Tailgate right here on Chris Landry Football Twitch channel. We're going to have to go there today, guys. We're going to have to go there. The words UNC and overrated may have to be mentioned in the same sentence. (coughs) Make sure I got that out okay. Ah, Welcome in to our first viewer. Hello. Hope you're doing well. I'm not, but uh, that's besides the point. I hope you are. Uh, Yeah, so a lot, a lot, a lot to get to today. Just trying to get it all together. Uh, On a serious note, though, Hope you all are doing well. Hope you had a great weekend of college football, of NFL football, of food, of beer, of fellowship, whatever it is you did this weekend. I hope you had a great time. I hope your team didn't. I, I hope your team did well. That's that, that, that that's all I got. Then you just yeah. So anyway, um, I think I'm gonna start here. Oh. Actually, I will start here. Um, So we've got a new list of top 25 teams out uh, for NCAA football. ACC now has three teams on that list. UNC has officially been knocked out of the top 25. Uh, So now your teams are basically Clemson, Notre Dame, and Miami. Uh, All teams basically stay uh, where they already were. Uh, Clemson, obviously, number one, Notre Dame, number four, and Miami will stay at number 11. Um, So the game that I kind of want to start off with is Boston College and Clemson. So uh, we learned, or at least I felt like I learned a few things um, in that game on both sides of the ball. I Well, I learned a few things on the Clemson side of the ball, and I just felt like I was shown more of the same on the Boston College side of the ball. So, uh, obviously, Clemson won it, but Boston College, Boston College got out to a nice little, uh, nice little early run. You know, they outscored. Obviously, they outscored Clemson. If you watched it, you know this. They outscored Clemson in both the first and the second quarter. They outscored them 14 to 7 in the first, 14 to 6 in the second, and then put up goose eggs in the third and fourth quarter. Clemson kind of got something going. Obviously, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. However, that appears to be okay for the time being because this new guy, uh, I'm going to do my best not to butcher his name. I'm just going to say it how I think it sounds. DJ Ugalele. So instead of ukulele, it's ukulele. And if I'm pronouncing that wrong, if I'm pronouncing that wrong, please let me know. I don't think I am. I'm just pronouncing it how it looks and how it looks and sounds. Um, but I tell you right now, Clemson's got their next guy. 
And the moral of that story is Clemson ain't going anywhere. I hate to break it to you, the you know, all, all you uh, other fans of teams around the ACC not named Clemson, but they ain't going anywhere. Not a single – they're not going anywhere. I think they've got their next guy after Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jets because he is going to the NFL. I assume that's going to be the Jets. I don't see them getting any better from now to the end of the season, talking about the Jets. Uh, they're still winless. There's not another team out, you know, the New York Giants are close. Now, if the Jets were to, or excuse me, if the Giants were to stay where they are and the Jets were to win a game or two, which, you know, maybe they suck at tanking too, so maybe they'll do that. Uh, But for the most part, I I would guess that they're going to end up with a number one overall pick. And I'm going to guess that they're probably going to take Trevor Lawrence, which I think will make an interesting uh, – I think that'll make for an interesting situation because uh, what do you do with Sam Darnold? My, obviously, my intuition tells me based on past uh, – you know, seeing past uh, situations like that before, they're probably going to deal him somewhere else. Uh, and he's going to probably find a new NFL home, I would guess, which honestly might be best for him. You know, you want to talk about a player that really looked like they were going to be the face of the franchise, Sam Darnold going to the Jets, and then the Jets and that culture really just kind of, I don't know. I think I personally think Sam Darnold needs to be dealt elsewhere really kind of just get a fresh clean start and then obviously I think the Jets need to fire Adam Gase and I think that they need to try their best to bring in one of these fresh uh college coaches a Lincoln Riley a Matt uh, or excuse me a Harbaugh whoever it happens to be but they need to bring in some type of fresh uh college coach that really makes the Jets an attractive landing spot uh, and I would assume, you know, if they were to deal Sam Darnold, they're gonna get some. They're gonna get some material for him. You know, they're gonna get some good stuff in return that could potentially make it a more attractive spot. Obviously, they don't have Le'Veon Bell anymore. Uh, but regardless, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jets, and we talked about this on Friday. You know, all the rumors and the stories of, oh, what if he goes back to Clemson? Oh, you know, he said, you know, I was planning on going to the NFL, but, you know, you never know. Again, that's something that a mature, you know, kind of up-to-speed athlete is going to say to the media when asked those kind of questions that could potentially give them something to work with or, or put out there as to, where, oh, maybe he's going back, maybe he's not. You know, he gave a very PC answer to a question like that. Um, and as predicted, it got blasted everywhere, and we all try to figure out what it means, the hidden meaning. Oh, is he going back to Clemson? And again, as we mentioned on Friday, we've seen this before with Joe Burrow to the Bengals. Everybody's like, oh, well, maybe he's going to pass – uh, on the Bengals and, you know, cause the Bengals were kind of a train wreck and obviously we saw he's doing just fine with the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think it's going to be the same with Trevor Lawrence. I say all that to say this Trevor Lawrence will not be a Clemson tiger next year. 
But uh, DJ Ugalele will be, and he'll be the next guy up with his fiery arm, with his explosive legs, and with that cocky, that good balance of kind of confidence and cockiness that he seemed to show already against Boston College. To me, and now granted the situation's different, uh, but he reminds me a little bit of when Tua Tungavailoa came in and basically took the job from Jalen Hurts at Alabama a few years ago. Now, granted, like I said, situation's different. I mean, Trevor Lawrence isn't going to lose his job. He's just out uh, with COVID, and he's going to be back and finish out the year and yada, yada, and then that'll be that, and then uh, Ugalele will take over. Tua, he you know took the job from Jalen Hurts, so it's a different situation, but to me, DJ Ugalele reminded me a lot of Tua the way he just kind of stepped in and just took over that role. Um, I mean, I mean the, the proof is in the pudding. He had uh, he was 30 of 41, 342 yards, two touchdowns, fairly clean game out of DJ uh Ugalele once they got going. Uh, and then Clemson really never looked back. Oh, also, we haven't mentioned Travis Etienne much lately and Again, you know, it's kind of like I mentioned last time on Friday that there hasn't been much there hasn't been much to talk about with Clemson because they've been kind of sitting on their hands waiting for a matchup to give them some type of a challenge. Believe it or not, I think they got it slightly against Boston College, clearly. You know, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence and Boston College. If there's anything we've seen about Boston College, and I'm going to get to this in a minute, if there's one thing we've seen from Boston College this year, it's that they are absolutely headed in the right direction, and they're going to put up points, and they're going to hang with good teams. Not just okay teams. I'm talking about good teams, the best teams. They're hanging in there. They're hanging in with Clemson, Carolina, you know, Virginia Tech. So Boston College was no slouch. And Clint, there's not been a lot to talk about with Clemson other than, you know, let's maybe not kick a 61-yard field goal, you know, and, and, you know, right at the end of the half. Let's maybe not do that. Maybe just run the ball out and go to the locker room and get ready to come back out. Or Travis Etienne choosing to eat Frosted Flakes over Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and then he gets cramps in the third quarter. Again, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, that's what I would have done. Or, you know, eggs and oatmeal and actually – a nutritious breakfast to get some fuel for the game. Maybe, just maybe. Um, but other than little nitpicky things like that, there hasn't been much to talk about with Clemson because they haven't been playing anybody. They've, there's been nothing football really related, in my opinion, to really dive deep into until right now with DJ Ugalele. Uh, and then obviously where I started that whole tangent with was Travis Etienne. We haven't really talked a lot about him football-wise. Obviously, we talked about his serial choices and how wrong they were. Uh, but really, other than um, when Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence put on that show against Miami several weeks ago, there hasn't been a ton that I felt like talking about with him because he's just that good, and he's obviously – you know, behind Trevor Lawrence, he's right up there for one of the top candidates for the Heisman this year. Um, but he actually set a nice little record and a milestone the other day against Boston College. He's now the all-time rush leader in the ACC. 
uh, past Ted Brown, I believe it was, and now ETN holds that record with 4,644 all-time rushing yards. So again, just proving that he's maybe one of, if not the best, and obviously numbers and rushing yards-wise, he is the best running back that the ACC and college football has seen. And so other than that, uh, the main takeaway I took away for Clemson is that they ain't going anywhere. They've got their guy in DJ Ugalele. Um, and it's actually kind of interesting because, you know, when it kind of, when it got me thinking about, uh, how it reminded me of Tua when he kind of took over for Jalen Hurts at Alabama a few years ago, it kind of got me thinking about how this is what sets apart the great teams from the good and pretty good teams. This is what sets them apart and really kind of wedges the gap. It's their depth, and it's it's not even so much their depth of, like, good players. It's, like, it's their depth of great players. You know, when you think about some of the really, really good teams in college, you know, they've got that star player that's, you know, maybe nationally a star player, but it's just that one player and then nothing else, and then the rest is kind of just, you know, good, solid, average college players. The really great teams – they got a lot of those star players, not just one. They've got one, then another one behind it, maybe another one behind that. Because case in point, they've got a star player, Clemson does, and Trevor Lawrence. And little did we know, looks like they've got another star player in DJ Ugalele right behind Trevor. And we've seen this movie before. Trevor Lawrence coming in right behind another star player in Deshaun Watson. Now, I don't think... Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, but I don't think uh, Trevor Lawrence was around when Deshaun Watson was there. I think he came in as a freshman the following year after Watson went on to the NFL. But the point still stands. You know, right after Watson, an incredible star talent. Obviously, we know that now. Here comes Trevor Lawrence. And now here comes DJ Ugalele, Jalen Hurts, followed by Tua Tonga-Vailoa. It just it never ends for these great teams, and that's why they stay around so long. And that's what separates them from the pack. It's like, and this is the case with Duke in basketball. It's like, and I talked about this, how irritating this is as a Carolina fan. It's like most teams, when they win a national championship or if they have an all-time great year, you know, like when Duke had Zion and R.J. Barrett, they didn't win at all, but they had an all-time great team. It's like, all right, usually most teams, when that happens, they lose most of their players, a la UVA. You know, a few years ago when they won the national title and lost most of their star power. Now, granted, Tony Bennett's such a good coach. He kind of coached them up, and they were still in the mix to get in the tournament. Or like Carolina back in 09 when they absolutely dominated the tournament, and then they turn around in 2010 and they just lose everybody. They still made it to the NIT championship, but they they didn't make the tournament. And so when you look at that, most teams kind of turn that roster over but the really, really great ones, it's like they've always got that next wave coming right behind the current one. And and that, to me, is what separates great teams from good, really good ones. And I and I can relate to this uh, from experience because, you know, I played college baseball at the Division three level. But I knew a lot of guys who played at the Division one level, played in the ACC. I knew a lot of dudes that actually went on and pitched over at Carolina for the Tar Heels. And 
one of the things that was kind of interesting to see is that, you know, I knew these guys in high school played with them, played against them, and I knew how freaking good and talented they were. But it's like when you get to – and Carolina, you know, you know, they've got a really good tradition in baseball. They're traditionally a really good top-tier school in, uh, in college baseball. And one of the things, again, to this point that I'm talking about with what separates really good teams and great teams – it's that literally you can take these guys that I that they were the guy. These guys that go on and play at top schools, whether it's foot, whatever sport it is, it's like they were the guy on their team in high school. They were the guy in their and forget conference. They were the guy in their state, maybe even the guy in their part of the country, east, west, coast. Like they might have been the guy. And we got some new viewers. Hello, how's everybody doing? Um, these guys that were just that dude in their conference and everybody knew it, you go on to get into a bullpen, you know, like, for example, the guys I knew that went and pitched at Carolina. It's like you used to be the guy in high school. Now you're in a bullpen with 20 of those guys. And it just goes to show that that depth of really incredible talent, that is what separates the great teams and then the really good pretty good teams. It's like the really good teams, they've got a few of those guys, those star players. The great teams, they got a lot of those guys. And we're seeing it right here with DJ Ugalele stepping in for Trevor Lawrence. So, like I said, the moral of the story is Clemson ain't going nowhere. So, um, here's something else I thought about in that Clemson-Boston College game on the Boston College side of things now. Um, Boston College has really just been one of the surprises to me, and I've, I've said this numerous times on the show, but Boston College has been one of the surprises of the ACC season to me, maybe even the whole se- college football season period, because – you know, Boston College, they've struggled a lot. Obviously, they, they've got a new coach this year. They fired the old one. I mean, he was never really able to get them above 500 over several years. And so they turned that over, got brought in a new coach. And now it's like they are headed in the right direction. They're 4-3 and three overall. They're 3-3 three and three in the ACC. But as I've said numerous times, they are playing with house money. Like, they have absolutely nothing to lose at this point. Like, with how they've played, and again, I think Wake Forest has been very impressive lately as well. Their defense has been impressive. Sam Hartman's been impressive. You know, Sam Hartman's been kind of, and I kind of, uh, I compared Sam Hartman of Wake Forest to Devin Leary of NC State in the sense that, you know, Leary, before he got hurt, obviously, Devin Leary, he was kind of, he was kind of that glue that held everything together for NC state. As far as he was a big reason that they kind of started to build that momentum. They obviously became ranked and then he got hurt and then it just kind of imploded and fell apart as only NC state can do. We've seen it time and time again. Uh, To me, Sam Hartman is that for wake forest, or he's one of those elements to wake forest. Um, With that said, you know, I think 
and now currently Boston College is eighth in the ACC, while Wake Forest is seventh in the ACC. I actually think that Boston College has been more impressive because, for starters, they've been more impressive for the entire season, not just uh, not just for the last little stretch. You know, Wake Forest, I believe they're now on a four-game win streak. Obviously, the biggest of those games was when they upset at Virginia Tech last week. Um, and then, obviously, they took care – a business this week against Syracuse at Syracuse. They, you know, got a big win there, 38-14, which wasn't a surprise. You know, I mean, obviously Syracuse, uh, you know, one of the weaker teams, if not the weakest team in the ACC along with Duke. Um, But to me, I don't know, Boston College, they've kind of done it more against more good teams. And to me, it's just like the longevity of what they've done. I mean, for example – you know, they got week one, they got a win against what they've really shown is an ability to put up points and hang with good teams. They may not win, but they're hanging with them. And I've actually got a prediction. I'm going to put this on the record. I think at some point next season, not this year, next season, at some point, Boston College is going to be in the top 25. I promise. I promise I'm putting that right here in stone, right here, right now on ACC tailgate. Boston College is going to be ranked sometime in the top 25. I don't know how long they'll stay in. I don't know when they're going to do it. But whether it's one week or all of them, at one point or another, Boston College is going to be ranked in the top 25 next year. Mark my words. They're headed in that direction. You know, they're they're heading that uh that same direction that Virginia Tech was and then obviously Virginia Tech was ranked this year and then they kind of fell out. Now they're trying to work their way back in. Carolina fell out. Now they're trying to work their way back in. But I'm telling you, Boston College, they're headed down that path. They got a good new young coach that a lot of people seem to like. They've got a great offense that's putting up a lot of points. And the biggest one for me is they're already able to hang again with top tier teams. We're talking about ranked teams here. You know, teams that are no, I mean, they, the Clemson, they hang with the team, Clemson. Now, granted, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence, but I think the fact that, I mean, because clearly, DJ Ugalele was no slouch. So, the, I mean, obviously, I don't know what would have happened or what it would have looked like if Trevor Lawrence would have been in, but Clemson seemed to be just fine without him. I mean, obviously, they're that good of a team. Like I've already said, their depth and everything and just their star power. But the fact that Boston College is able to hang with them like that and only lose by really a score, I'm telling you, mark my words, next year, some point, Boston College is going to be in the top 25. And kind of getting back to what I was already talking about, I think Boston College has been more impressive than Wake. I mean, when you look at their schedule, they beat Duke in week one, 26-6. They beat Texas State in week two, 24-21. They lost to Carolina when Carolina was ranked number 12, 26-22. But that game was not in the bag for Carolina. And we talked about that when it happened you know, more from the Carolina perspective at the time because, you know, I didn't realize just what Boston College was kind of getting brewing. But 
that wasn't in the bag for Carolina. And now, and I didn't think about this because here in just a little while, I'm going to, I'm going to go there. Carolina, they might've been overrated. That hurts. That hurts. But I have to go, like, I have to be objective about this. And you see that sign right there. I'm a Carolina fan. God. But it's just, you got you to gotta say it. You got to go there. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be one of those fans that just puts the blinders on and sees what and see what I want to see. We have enough of that in our society already of people that just want to see what they want to see. You got to see the whole picture. And. You know, I didn't think about this at the time, but actually that kind of validates my point even more that Carolina was overrated. That game against Boston College was no slouch. I mean, that wasn't in the bag. I mean, they didn't win it until the very end, and Carolina obviously was able to edge it out, but it wasn't a slouch. And so uh, then obviously they beat Pitt 31-30 in week four. Uh that was right around the time, and Pitt, you know, was ranked around that time. They weren't ranked in that game because that was right after they had just gotten beaten by NC State and upset, and that was kind of right at the beginning of Pitt kind of going to where Pitt is now and just completely imploding. Um, they went on. The only stinker that they've really had all year was against Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech was ranked number 23 at the time, and they that, that was the only game – win or lose that they have not put up like a lot of points. They lost that one. It was pretty, it's the only game that they've played that the school was lopsided. It was 40 to 14. So obviously that one was kind of a stinker. They beat Georgia tech convincingly 48, 27 Georgia tech. Eh, not that good anymore. Not this year anyway. Um, and then obviously most recently, but in my opinion, the most impressive one, even in loss hanging with Clemson, 34-28, only really losing by a score. And again, that that goes to our common theme and what I'm really seeing with Boston College. They're putting up a lot of points, and they're able to hang with good ranked teams. And that's why I think – and they're going to get – and you know now that obviously we know Trevor Lawrence – isn't going to be playing for the Notre Dame Clemson game primetime, which I'm really upset about because you know, if you've watched the show at all over the last several weeks, you know, I've been harping on this. Can Notre Dame please play somebody like who, who have they played? I'll tell you who nobody like, can we get something please? Like, you know, if, if Pitt, if Pitt would have had their starting quarterback last weekend, then I thought that could be a potential challenge. That didn't happen. It was a train wreck for Pitt. And so we've been looking for, and I think I, I think you guys will agree with this. We've been looking forward to this Clemson Notre Dame game for a while now. Obviously, my for me, because I just want to see them play somebody and let's see, like, are you actually this good? Should you actually be ranked? in the top five week after week after week. Are you actually that good? Um, so that's kind of where I stand on that. But now based on the way uh, Clemson was able to play without Trevor Lawrence and based on what DJ Ugalele was able to do in his first start, um, maybe this will still – and actually my intuition tells me this is still going to be a challenging game 
uh, for Notre Dame. Clemson's going to put out a nice fight. Um, and so I actually, now that I've seen what I've seen from Clemson and obviously they're DJ ukulele, I I'm not as upset about Trevor Lawrence. Obviously I want to see him play. Obviously you never want to see anybody out for COVID obviously of all reasons, but I feel better about this still being a really good game and a good tell of what Notre Dame is actually made of. And I'll tell you something else. Based on the direction Boston College is headed and the dire- and the way they were able to hang with Clemson, I think Boston College could be a nice little test for Notre Dame as well. And I'll say this. I think if Notre Dame is able to beat Clemson or you know it's a close game and Clemson just edges it out and then they go up against Boston College – and then they blow out like then I'm gonna say you know all right Notre Dame you know they're they're right where they need to be but until I see that until I see them see some type of adversity I mean I said this with Carolina I ain't calling them overrated until I see how they respond to some adversity and I'm not gonna do it because it matters we see what happened and so you know that's that's just where I sit on that uh, those are my takeaways from Syracuse Boston College. Uh, you know, Boston College is going to be at Syracuse next week. I expect them to win that one convincingly. And then I'm actually really curious, again, on both sides. I'm curious to see how Notre Dame does against Boston College. I'm curious to see what Boston College does against Notre Dame. That I'll be watching that one. So, um, before we get to the next segment, I want to take a minute to recognize one of our sponsors, American uh, Betting Experts. And by the way, I, I remember I was telling you guys uh, I got into some sports cards. So now, obviously, the basketball season's over and um, the baseball season's over. So really, now, you know, if you're if you're looking to make quick flips on sports cards, unless you're into, like, wrestling cards, which I know nothing about, or WWE cards, which I know nothing about, I'm trying to get educated on NFL cards because I got a funny feeling that Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and maybe Tua, I think those cards could get interesting uh, over the next few weeks. I mean, again, don't quote me on this because I'm still trying to learn. I'm still trying to get educated. I'm just kind of, you know, I guess expressing where I'm at and, you know, things I'm kind of the the things that I kind of my my intuition is telling me like I don't know like Herbert I didn't expect Herbert to be this good this early and I thought that Joe Burrow could be this good this early but then again you know I always kind of had that gut feeling like eh but it is the Bengals and uh, maybe he's not going to be able to bring it he's brought it and so those are some cards I'm looking at and then obviously you got two uh in the mix now. I don't know why. I just felt like sharing that since we're about to, you know, talk about sports betting. Um, however, even though if you're looking to get into NBA cards and get educated on that and baseball cards, but more specifically NBA, because I think it's more popular and a little hotter in the culture. Uh, now is the time to start getting educated and buying up cards uh, because obviously there's no play right now and there's no game. So they're going to be underpriced. And so, you know, for example, I'm looking at Devontae Graham for the Charlotte Hornets. His cards are extremely underpriced, and I think he's got the ability to pop. So that's some 
That's your random sports card talk of the day. And now we'll get to our uh, our nice sponsor, American Betting Experts. So our show, ACC Tailgate, and all the shows here on Chris Landry Football and Twitch, we're sponsored by American Betting Experts. It's one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the U.S. We have teamed together with them to provide you guys special gaming offers and all our Landry Football followers and podcast listeners we want to give you guys special offers so here is what you do so you're going to go to our website landryfootball.com you're going to click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page you're going to pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state such as bet mgm DraftKings, FanDuel, and points bet then you're going to want to sign up and then you'll instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet all the way from a hundred to a thousand dollars and it is that simple uh, and again, you're just going to go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad in the upper right side of the page. You get in on the action with our special offer from American Betting Experts. We really appreciate them, and we appreciate you guys for getting in on that uh, and just really just helping us to grow this channel and community. You know, it's a process, you know, trying to build it. Uh, Chris Landry obviously doing a great job, as well as all our other shows here on this Twitch channel. Um so, the time has come. We got to talk about it. The elephant in the, well, maybe not the elephant in your room, but damn it, it's the elephant in my room. Freaking thing. Uh, we got to go to Carolina. Uh, mm. You know, they made a nice comeback. I'll give them this. They made a nice little run and come back there at the end against UVA, and I actually thought they might sneak up and, and pull it out. But, you know, even – I'll even say this. Listen, even if Carolina would have kept that run going and, and pulled this one out and beat UVA, I still would not feel good about it because, you know, your opponent matters. If there's anything we learn – Especially, I mean, especially us, you know, college sports fans. If there's anything we know probably better than anybody, it's that your resume and who you beat, how you beat them, how much you beat them by, how much you lose by, why you lose, all those components matter when it comes to rankings and then ultimately the postseason. Us as college fans, we know that better than anybody. Uh, probably more so football than in basketball, but both of them, it's very uh, meticulous. You know, just the whole process with the committee and, you know, the tournament selection, the bubble and basketball and all, and just all that. But it just every little thing, every nitpick thing matters. Um, and you've got to look at UVA and ask yourself, no, no, granted, you got to give it to UV. I'm not taking anything away from UV. I don't like to do this thing that a lot of the sports media does where, you know, a team that's been struggling like UVA has, they beat a good team and you, and we spend a half hour making it all about how, you know, the, the good team was just garbage and they, you know, screwed up and they were a joke and this and that. And this isn't just because I'm talking about Carolina, it's because, you know, we got to show love to the team that beat them 
at least like I, I just I would I I would like to I like it when both sides are looked at, not just oh well this team goofed and this and that. You know, we gotta give cro- we gotta give props to UVA. They needed this win big time because they they have been in a downward spiral ever since they got their ass kicked in the ACC title game against Clemson down in Charlotte last year. Uh, and it's just been a, it's been ugly for them. They're two and four overall. Um two and four in the ACC. And they now granted they didn't have a good fourth quarter against Carolina, but as a whole, they earned this one. They really did. And you know, you got to give props to UVA, but on the Carolina side of things, I I and, and you know, I I've, I've been basically hinting all I've been hinting at this the entire show. Uh, and and so I'm just going to go there. You know, a few weeks ago when Carolina choked to FSU, I heard all the chirping in the comment sections on Twitter and on Instagram and this and that about, oh, Carolina's overrated because that was that that was the game of the week when they were ranked number five uh, right after they railroaded Virginia Tech. And, you know, it was, you know, oh, they're overrated. Oh, they're overrated. You know, this and that. And I came on this show on Monday, that that Monday after that loss to FSU. And I said, listen, I hear you. I hear all the chirping. But I'm not sure that I'm ready to go there just yet and say that Carolina is overrated. It's not because I'm a Carolina fan. It's not because I'm being biased. It's because... I need to see, was this a fluke? Was this just a stinker? Are they going to completely just go downhill from here on out? Or are they going to pick up the pieces and be like, ah, no, that was just a bad game. We're fine. You know, it happens. You know, we're good. We're good. I needed to see that before I said they're overrated. So obviously they picked it up and got a, you know, lopsided win against NC State last week. And then obviously this happened and they lose to a UVA team that has been at the bottom of the ACC pretty much the entire season and has been, again, one of the worst teams in the ACC and just has not played good all season long until the other day. Uh, so, yeah, Carolina was overrated. I Now, I have to be specific about this. They were overrated at number five. I'm not saying that they're overrated in the sense that they're not a team worthy of being in the top 25. Now, they are currently not in the top 25. They are out, which I suspected, especially after I saw how quick Virginia Tech got out of the top 25 after their their screw-ups against Wake Forest. I had a funny feeling, all right, UNC, they're going to be the next to go, and sure enough, they're out uh, at this moment. You know, we'll see what happens moving forward. But um, I, I don't, I don't think UNC's a bad team. In fact, I know they're not a bad team. They've got a great coach, a Hall of Fame coach. They've got a great quarterback in Sam Howell that actually played really well, by the way, against UVA. I mean, he had he was twenty three of twenty eight, four hundred and forty three yards, four touchdowns. That ain't too shabby. Uh, the problem was really on the defensive side of the ball, and that's that's actually something we talked a lot about um, 
you know, offensively, Carolina has been there. The defense has been the issue. You know, the defense has not really been what, uh, what they were last year. At least they haven't seemed to be. They had a good week against NC State last week. But that's not saying much considering NC State just, lo- just lost their starting quarterback. And, you know, here they go with the circus of their quarterback carousel again. Uh, so, the, you know, their defense have been suspect and it was no different. It was no different against UVA. So I don't think Carolina is overrated in the sense that they're not good. I don't think that they're overrated in the sense that they don't deserve to be a top 25 team. Now they got to win. I mean, they can't just be like, oh, we're good enough. Well, why are we not in the top 20? You're not in the top 25 because you've lost to FSU, UVA, two teams that are in the bottom of the ACC. You made it close against a rebuilding Boston College team. Uh, what more do you what more do you want me to say? So, but I do, I will admit, as a Carolina fan, objective, they were overrated at number five, a hundred percent. So uh that didn't taste good to spit, but uh you gotta call it how you see it around here on ACC Tailgate. So uh Now, granted, uh, I'm just curious to see what they do now. I'm really curious to see how they pick up the pieces. Um, man, that just whew, that stings. Um, yeah, that's really that's really all I have on that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. Oh. Uh, Virginia Tech. Here's what I here's what I don't actually. I want to expand on that a little more. Um, I was running out of steam there for a second. I just didn't know where I wanted to go next. But I actually, with a few minutes left in the show, I want to go here, um, kind of to finish things up. So what I don't, you know, Carolina seems to be kind of having the same issue that Virginia Tech has had, and that is. Who are they? Now, I don't. I don't think. Uh, actually, I don't think it's as bad as Virginia Tech because Virginia Tech. They're either a team that their run game is unstoppable, both from the actual running back position and from their quarterback, Hendon Hooker, or they've been a team that could not stop the run. And just was a shell of themselves in the run game, such as in in the Wake Forest game that they lost. It's like, who are they? What, what version are we going to get? I'm worried that Carolina is going to go down that route, down that path. You know, we know who Carolina is. They're a team with a very explosive offense. The problem is defensively, they've been kind of suspect to this point this year. Um, so I guess in a way, we kind of know who they are at this point. They don't. They don't have quite the identity crisis. Uh, that Virginia Tech has, but I am concerned that they could get to that point. And it actually kind of, it actually kind of brings me to the bigger statement of this. There appears to be a dilemma amongst the tier two teams in the ACC, being Carol, uh, being UNC, Miami, Virginia Tech, uh, and Notre Dame. The dilemma is. And the question that we've been asking all year is, all right, so who's the real number two to Clemson's number one? We thought it might be Miami. 
Well, they went up against Clemson. It wasn't even close. We thought it might be UNC. Well, it turns out they can't stop a tissue on defense right now to the point where they're losing, you know, they're choking to bottom teams in the ACC. So they ain't it. Not right now, anyway. We thought it might be Virginia Tech a few weeks ago with how incredible their run game looks. You know, Hendon Hooker's out there setting records, you know, that not, not, he's out there setting rushing records we haven't seen since Michael Vick was at Virginia Tech. You know, they're running back Khalil, you know, he's out there, one of the second, probably the second best running back at that time to Travis Etienne in the ACC and maybe the country. But then they went out and they whiffed against a Wake Forest team that, yeah, they're kind of hot right now, but they're nothing special. Like they haven't, I mean, you're, sp- you're supposed to be one of the tier two teams in the ACC, and you, you can't lose games like that. And then, really, the only team that doesn't have any blemishes, literally because they're undefeated, is Notre Dame. But the problem there is they haven't faced any competition yet. So it's not like they've got this credible resume. I mean, obviously, they're ranked high, but the gap between Notre Dame, in my opinion, the gap between Notre Dame at number four, and then Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State in the one, two, three spot in the top 25. To me, the gap is so wide. And mainly because, again, Notre Dame hasn't faced anybody. They haven't pl- they haven't been challenged or tested. I'm not saying they're not capable. I'm just saying, like, we haven't seen it yet. Now, obviously, that's not their fault, but it's just like. To me, that's the dilemma of the number of the t- of the tier two teams in the ACC. It's like who wants it right now? Notre Dame is basically basically being handed it because they haven't had to play anybody. But as far as UNC, Notre Dame, and Virginia Tech, or I'm I'm sorry, no, not Notre Dame, Miami. It's like who wants it? Who wants to be that force behind ACC or behind uh, behind Clemson? Who wants to be that? Um. So we'll see. We'll see which team can pick up the pieces. I'm really curious to see. Uh, Obviously, I'm still excited for this Notre Dame-Clemson game. Uh, I still, now now that I've seen DJ uh, Ugalele and I've seen what Clemson looks like without Trevor Lawrence, I feel pretty good about it still being a good game. Uh, But I just need to see Notre Dame get tested. That's going to tell us so much. Like We're going to learn a lot, I think, I, we're going to learn a lot this week about Notre Dame, and I'm just going to leave it there, and we'll pick it up Friday uh, as Notre Dame gets ready to go to Clemson, uh, and obviously all the other teams in the ACC get primed up for another week. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight on ACC Tailgate. Obviously a lot going on, a lot to talk about. Clemson trying to play without Trevor Lawrence. Notre Dame not having any competition. Carolina actually being overrated and trying to figure out who they are. I mean, there's a lot to talk about in the ACC right now. So if you love good storylines, you're in the right spot. You're in the right conference. Uh, And we in in 2020, in a world where we didn't know what sports were going to look like or if we'd have any, we couldn't ask for anything else. So that is going to do it for us on ACC Tailgate. We want to thank our sponsors, American Betting Experts. Please go get in on that deal on our site with them. Uh, subscribe to our site, LandryFootball.com. Give us a follow here on our Twitch channel. Go check out all our other shows. We've got all the Power 5 Conference represented. This one just happens to be the ACC. 
uh, NFL shows. We've got fantasy football shows. We've got everything you could ask for. Chris Landry's got you hooked up here. Uh, so be sure to give us a follow here. Uh, and we'll catch you Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And until next time, my name is Will Dalton, your host, a.k.a. Wilbur and Gold. Be sure to check me out and uh, give me a shout on social media. I'd love, to, I'd love to get to know each and every one of you guys and keep building this community. Uh, but until next time, this is Will Dalton signing off. You guys have a great night.